Hi, I'm Siggy, born and raised in St. Catharines, Ontario, and now living in the nation's capital of Ottawa. And I'm Jesse, born in Manila, Philippines, raised in Toronto, Canada, and schooled all over southwestern Ontario. You're listening to the Halo Halo podcast, a delicious mix of pop culture and the Filipino-Canadian life. Before we start our podcast, we'd like to acknowledge the lands we're podcasting on. I'm podcasting from the traditional lands of the Huron-Wendat, the Seneca, and most recently, the Mississaugas of the Credit River. And I'm podcasting from the traditional unceded territory of the Algonquin and Anishinaabeg people. Welcome to our taste test episode where we sample something fresh from the pop culture buffet, and then we'll tell you what we think. On this episode of the taste test, we both sample Emily in Paris, season two, which is now streaming on Netflix. (laughs) All right, I'm going to turn it over to you. What did it taste like? Mm, what did it you? taste like? You know, we've just finished our holiday season here. And <laughs> at all holiday parties or any Filipino fam jam parties, you usually see a Filipino fruit salad. And so for those of you that don't know what a Filipino fruit salad is, it is a sweet and creamy iced Filipino dessert. It is made of condensed milk, a fruit cocktail, maraschino cherries and any other fruit that you may love you usually chill it just before it freezes and then you serve it now what i have to say and i don't know about you sigs i've had to learn the hard way (laughs) over and over and over again to not load myself up with a bowl full of this filipino fruit salad because especially if it's made out of condensed milk it Mm -hmm. can sometimes be sickeningly sweet and so what i've learned is you have two spoonfuls at the beginning two spoonfuls in the middle (laughs) of your meal and then you come back to it later on in the party and have another two spoonfuls instead of trying to have it all at once and so it's easy to make but sometimes sickeningly sweet and (laughs) that's what it tasted like to me and what i would compare and in Paris season two. I really found it an ambitious season in that it had to attempt to resolve a love triangle, establish Emily being in Paris, not just being in Paris for a year, but being in Paris. And then moving beyond this kind of fish out of water story while being a visual style guide to Paris and also a showcase for fashion. I have to say, Six, it was a lot. Even though the episodes were like 24 to 30 minutes in length, Mm -hmm. there was just a lot to see. Just like a fruit salad. A fruit salad is like jam-packed with lots and lots (laughs) of stuff. And it is overly sweet. And I love it because I've got such a sweet tooth. But like what I've said over the years, I've learned to just kind of measure things out. I think it would have been better to have not binged the Emily in Paris season two, because it came out late December. It was just like, oh, gobble, gobble, gobble. And then it was like, oh, I'm in like a sugar high right now. And and like a syrupy sweet and all of that stuff. I wish I actually had time to just kind of digest it slowly and kind of take things in and kind of let it percolate instead of going from one episode to the next to the next. Next. How about you? (laughs) What did it taste like for you? I great minds think alike. Mm. Yeah. Have you ever been to Jack Astor's restaurant? Yes, I have. Jack Astor's, yeah. Yep. So they have this wonderful milkshake. So it's a big, I haven't had it in over 20 years, mm. like uh, 25 years. Like I, I had it like when I was a teenager, when I go to Jack Astor's. It's a milkshake. It's super sweet. It's super big. So it comes in its own glass. And not only does it come in its glass, it comes with the shaker with the excess right, of the right. milkshake in it. So you can add to it. Yeah. It would be brought in the shaker. Now, see, Emily in Paris debuted last year 
here. And like we said, I love the fantasy of a fish out of water. Emily from Chicago is sent to Paris to work for Savoir. It's an American in Paris trying to figure it out. But like this milkshake, the appeal is there, but it can sometimes be too much in a sophomore season. You know, you really want to order it, and then you just see that glass, you consume it, you're sort of full you're a little bit overwhelmed. And I love that you and I are on the same footsteps of a Filipino fruit salad and a huge Jack Astor's milkshake. It was a lot. To this it show. was a lot. It was doing it was a, a lot. lot. And it was like, oh my gosh, sensory overload for sure. Yeah. So for you, was it worth the pop culture calories? It was filling with the extra on the side, which I'm sure I'll get into, but I'm sure all those extra calories were lost with those fingerless like mesh <laughs> Borgline gloves, which she wore in several <laughs> colors in every episode. Like she must be catching all those extra calories. And that's why there are all those holes in those oh gloves. My gosh, yes. What about you? Was it worth the pop culture calories yeah, I for would you? Say, I think in retrospect now, I really needed it in morsels as I was alluding to earlier. And it is better to have dropped the episodes, I think week after week, as opposed to trying to consume all 10. I agree. One. Because once you do like one 24 minute episode, it's like, Oh sure. Next episode. Why? not yeah <laughs> and then it's like four episodes in and it's like oh too many vibrant colors at this point i loved it but it was at the same time too many vibrant colors what does it remind you in the pop culture buffet i think we said this about the first one right it certainly reminded me of sex in the city you know and it had to do of course obviously with patricia field being absolutely part of the, the styling of all of this but i'd also say that it reminded me of the original gossip girl simply because of the visual style guide that we got right. to New York City. And so, listeners, you may have remembered this in a previous podcast and warm-up episode where Siggy and I had gone on the Gossip Girl tour in <laughs> NYC many, many, many years ago, which was fantastic. And I felt like, oh my gosh, if I ever get to go to Paris anytime soon in the future, I'm sure there's probably, sadly, a tourist trap of an <laughs> Emily in Paris probably. get on a bus and then go to all the different places and stuff like that. It presented to me a very beautiful visual style guide to Paris. And I have to say that the love story triangle that was emerging reminded me of Never Have I Ever is what that reminded me of. Except I think Never Have I Ever just did it slightly better than probably oh, what yeah. was going on here. And simply because they were a little bit more self-referential and also, I think, a little bit more self-aware and self-conscious of what was going on as opposed to having it to be kind of set out by Luke, by one of the secondary characters saying, oh, there, perhaps there's this, a love triangle that's going on. So that's what it reminded <laughs> me of in terms of the pop culture buffet. How about you? What did it remind you of? It totally hits the thing with Patricia Field being part, and this is a Darren Star production. Yeah, the style extraordinaire from Sex and the City. I love a fish out of water. In the 90s, this is a throwback, there was a sitcom like on NBC or something called An American with Paris with Valerie Bertinelli, mm. who ran a pub in Paris. That show wants to be Emily in Paris. Emily in Paris has better clothes. Mm. I just remind it was sort of, it wasn't as quality or whatever, and she wasn't dressed as nice as, like, Lily Collins was, but it reminded me of that, but, I mean, um, the ante with the Sex and the City part of it. So that was my reminder from it. What did you appreciate about it? I spoke to this earlier, the visual style guide. Yes. uh, Or, sorry, the visual style guide of Paris. In other words, where should I visit in Paris? That's what I appreciated, but they kept showing all these iconic places that mm-hmm. th- that were f- essentially Instagram worthy. Like this is where you would need to go to Paris yeah, to kind of just document your time there, especially in this kind of influencer age that we're all in. 
I think the other two things that I appreciate is the fashion, but more mm. specifically, the fruity color palette. It was fresh and mm. it was fun. And it took me a while to kind of figure out, like, what was Patricia Field doing here? It reminds me of Jewel Tones, but it's not. And then it suddenly dawned on me that, that it was like, oh, she's wearing a candy apple red pantsuit and blazer with loose arms when Sylvie walked in. And I thought to myself, oh, this is a fruity color palette in a lot of ways and has a lot of fruit tones. So the yellows are very lemon yellows and the oranges mm. are very citrusy and the pinks and the magentas are very watermelon-like in a lot of ways. And so I really appreciated that. Like I could see the fruit tones that were being portrayed in terms of the fashion. The other thing that I appreciated about it was the soundtrack, the timing oh, of the yeah. music. You know, it was like oh, like the lyrics just perfectly timed to whatever the emotional moment. Kind of reminded me a little bit of the hills in in a lot of ways. You know, like <laughs> some dramatic thing would occur, and then suddenly by the lights would come on, seeing something in the background it was perfect. And yeah. then just combining French pop with Ashley Park, smart. I just thought it was really, really smart of Darren Starr to use Ashley Park's. Broadway background in all of this and made her into a busking artist. And I just thought, oh, clever. And yet it didn't feel too devicey or artificial like to kind of put that in there. So that's what I appreciate about it. How about you? What did you appreciate about it? Like I mentioned last season, I was taken in by the other characters, not mm. Lily Collins' character, but like the French character Sylvie, Philippine Clairoy Berlieu, who I follow on Instagram. Mm-hmm. She is sexy and French. Like I loved her last season. She's a little bit over Emily, but her backstory made her much more intriguing. The husband right. from Saint Tropez. She did a major power play at the end of the season, yes. at final act of season two. Her young lover, photographer, and the foil of Kate Walsh yes. appearing just made her more interesting. And like I want to hear her backstory. I want to yes. know where she was just like she had her bikini in the purse and like she even like did like a hero walk like from the ocean mm. like, did you see her where she just, yeah, like, she's just weird. I'm like I am down like I had a crush on her like big time the other character Camille who was Luke's girlfriend who was obviously cheated on by Luke with Emily there was an episode like a Jules and Jim <laughs> episode very film movie and Emily writes to her and like to apologize in poor <laughs> French which made me cringe the letter killed me however I like to think when I email someone and they think of me emailing it's a little picture of me in the corner of their brain just like saying <laughs> yes this is dear Jesse this is what I think and she just calls like Emily an illiterate sociopath yes like, I love just that that was so very funny very French not feeling it but I agree with you Kuya the real MVP is Mindy, Ashley Park. Mm -hmm. Any excuse for her to sing is great. I really wish I saw Mean Girls. I downloaded Mont Soleil. It's a beautiful song. It's a Mm. French ditty. I remember seeing a band on a cruise ship called Chocolat, and it was just that aesthetic. She's an amazing singer. Any excuse to show those chops, I am down for it. We needed more. I wanted, like, plot lines with Sylvie, Camille, and Mindy. I would be very happy. Right. Let's be honest. You and I have talked about sometimes... The Sufi salad is too much. Sometimes my milkshake is too much. It's hard to watch Emily in her mishaps, her atrocious accent. Exactly. It just proves she is dead mochengeld. <laughs> dead mochengeld. She is so extra. Too that extra. Is issue. Too ex- I'm not hating on Emily Paris because I really, I see the good in it. But poor Lily Collins. Just I think that they were list. just trying to do too much, right? It's like, just. And to really position is. us for, I think, eventually season three is really exactly. what I'm putting there for. Well, and on that sense, would you sample this again? Yeah, I would. But I think this time I would sample it in the spring 
because I think it's much more appropriate in <laughs> the spring. It's a very eternal spring type of looking show, right? Yeah, it it's like a spring type spring. of looking show. So when they're all kind of, oh, it's a heat wave in Paris right now. Did you believe it? And I'm like, it's the middle of winter and it's snowing. <laughs> it's kind of hard to connect with it at that moment. Yeah. And I think I, would, I wouldn't binge it. I would say, folks, this is something that needs to kind of be watched week to week to week. And so where you put that in your day, it doesn't matter. I just think that it needs to not be binged. It needs to just be seen on a weekly basis so you have time to think about it. How about you? Would you sample it again? Uh, je suis d'accord. <laughs> je peux attendre pour la prochaine saison. I honestly, I can wait till next season. And you know what? I would highly recommend if they could do like an Apple TV model, just release an episode every week. I think like, you could, yeah. Just, I, I and think, then like, think crazy, about it like, and yeah. then analyze it and then figure it out that way. But I do think that this is one of those series that best watched week by week as opposed to all, all at once, right? To whom would we recommend this show to? Mm, I think if you needed a flash of color and some eye candy, I think this is to anyone needing that. Eye candy and in need of a bold, fruity color palette, I think is who I would recommend this to. And I pair that with, like, you know what? Do you want to escape from day to day? Just life not to be seriously in a land of no COVID? Mm. This is the show for you to watch. I have to agree with you on that. Wow. Yeah. If you have any comments and questions or your own opinion about this season two of Emily in Paris, email us at hollowhollowpopculture at gmail.com. The Hollow Hollow podcast is available on all podcast platforms. Please leave us a review and rate us. Or, again, write me at hollowhollowpopculture at gmail.com and tell me that, you know, I am an illiterate sociopath. I greatly appreciate <laughs> it. You can find us on Twitter at hollowhollowpop and on Instagram at hollowhollowpopculture. <laughs> you have to watch it at least for that episode. We receive editorial feedback from Mary Beth Badian. Our musical theme is by Chel Turingen, and we'll see all of you guys again real soon. At a percent. At a percent.